Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world today. Welcome to our Big Book Zoom workshop. My name is Herb and I'm an alcoholic. Please join me in prayer for an open mind. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. We're in a very rich but challenging area on this path that we've been walking with intention for many months now we're finally in the midst of a discernment a very fancy word for thinking in the milieu of prayer about power. We had, I'm hoping that you had, my prayer for you is, and my intention for all of you, each of you, is that you got some new knowledge that would be important concerning your addiction and step one unmanageability, but more importantly, that you had an experience at some level, an experience, that very intangible conversion of knowledge and action that takes us deep into the core of realization of our desperate need for power. Desperate need for power other than ourself. Many of you have no question about that with regard to your addiction, even currently experiencing challenges. But if that's not the case, all of you have the challenge of living life on life's terms, reality as it manifests on a daily basis, realizing that you do what you don't want to do and you don't do what you want to do and with all your knowledge and experience and your accountability and your prayers and meditation, you fail regularly. And as a result, experience serial suffering and inflict serial suffering on others. That's step one. It's very real. 
we're coming out of it looking for power. That's what the first question is on page 45 with regard to Bill's instruction of his approach to step two, where and how are we going to find that power? It isn't the first question I gave you because at 10 years of sobriety, the man introduced me to the set aside attitude and prayer and to the bedevilments that unmanageability at 10 years of sobriety, I realized that I was restless, irritable and discontent despite having two prior spiritual awakenings. And I didn't know that I didn't know and I couldn't see that I didn't see until I did. And he asked me those veil rending questions that I've asked you and I hope you had at least some of the experience that I had, which was maybe coming to grips for the very first time with your own real concept what is this you actually believe? And then being confronted with that damnable question, how do I behave in light of what I believe? Now I say damnable because it was startling and embarrassing. I studied to be a Catholic priest for 10 years. I was a practicing Catholic for a long time. I read a lot about religion and I thought that I was a spiritual guy in AA having these two spiritual experiences and I'm 10 years sober. And I even have a daily practice of meditation. And when I was asked those two questions, I realized that I was a, a practical agnostic. Not theoretical, not philosophical, not verbally but how I moved my feet. I did not behave as I believed, I believed. I didn't just stutter, that was intentional. I believed that I believed and I discovered I didn't through my behavior. Now, fortunately, Bill is very aware of human nature but also specifically the alcoholic or addict nature. And he takes us forward from his questions, where and how are we going to find this power on page 45? And he meanders through logic. He confronts us with doubt and prejudice on page 45. He confirms that many of us have abandoned or have a negative attitude toward the entire idea of God. A power beyond ourselves on page 46. But then he gets into logic and he gets into poetry and he gets into feelings. Supreme being, not comprehensible, but Intriguing on an enchanted starlight night. And he encourages us on page 46 to lay aside prejudice, expressing a willingness to believe. Well, okay. I've had an experience now of, in step one of a lack of sufficient power. Oh, I have lots of willpower in many areas. And you, each of you, can name the many areas of your strengths and your examples of willpower. 
but hopefully you saw those bedevilments and they were revealed to you in a new way, maybe black and white on paper. You might want to make a note of this comment. As you do step four, those bedevilments will be revealed to you in technicolor. Step four is actually step one in writing where we see underneath resentment, we see underneath fear, we see underneath our dysfunctional sex and our secrets and our shame and our guilt. We see underneath powerlessness in writing. And so Bill is suggesting that we be willing here on page 46. Our own conception, however inadequate, he's confirming each, each person, each human being as a finite person cannot comprehend, cannot put into adequate words an infinite reality. It's not even logical, let alone theological. Finite does not fit into infinite. Infinite does not fit into finite, I mean. I'm thinking of the ocean as infinite and the bucket as finite. God as the ocean and me as the bucket. I am a material created being that had a beginning and has an end. The path that we're on is looking for some type of a spirit, a power that isn't material, that didn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end. And we just, I mean, we can't, we can mouth the words, we can think the thoughts, but we can't comprehend and understand that reality. So Bill says, and he encourages us, our own conception, however inadequate, is sufficient to make the approach and effect the contact. This is the effort, the first effort at, in the step process, not, not your first effort, but the first effort in the step process of a conscious contact. What Bill is saying essentially later on is that we're in constant contact. In fact, in this very paragraph, he uses the sentence, the phrase, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things. This is not a throwaway line. This is deep mystical theology. The spirit of the universe, capital S, capital U, underlying the totality of things. There's a fancy word for that in theology, imminence. You might want to look it up. The life force of reality, the life force of my life force. I can mouth the words. It impresses me. It intrigues me and it brings me into deep reflection and meditation. But I still don't know really what it means. And I'm not sure that I actually believe it sometimes. He says, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. Those are the two things that step 11 promises us or prays for at least. 
the knowledge of your will for us and the power to carry that out. Provided we take certain other simple steps. Oh, step three for sure, the launching pad. And steps four through nine, all of the actions for transformation, for awakening. We found that God does not make too hard terms for those who seek God. To us, the realm of spirit is room, is broad, roomy, and inclusive, never exclusive, part of the magic of the 12-step culture and the big book process is that it is so inclusive. to those who earnestly seek. So on page 47, be very clear. It's your own conception of God, not the big books. Certainly not your sponsors, not the 12-step fellowship. No, your own concept, meaning your own thought, your own construction. This is the process where in the final Assignment that I'll be giving you for next week. I'll give that to you today. Assignment eight, I believe it is. Yep. I want you to reread chapter three, uh, chapter four. I want you to reread chapter four with a, a, a new question. The first reading, you, this will be the third reading. The first reading was reading it after you answered your two questions. What do I believe and how do I behave? And then you read chapter four with a highlighter and highlighted words and phrases that meant something to you, that resonated with you. The next assignment, assignment seven, was to reread chapter four from the question as what do I disagree with? What do I have a negative response to? The chapter is entitled, We Agnostics. We Agnostics, Doubters. This was the instruction I got at 10 years of sobriety. Now that my heart had been opened up, my mind had been opened up with the set-aside prayer, my experience had been enlarged through the experience of the bedevilments, the task of the, of the bedevilments. And my soul had been opened up with those two questions about the difference between my belief and my behavior. I'm reading chapter four with a whole new consciousness. And now I'm reading for what I resist, what's part of my doubt, what's part of my agnosticism. The assignment for next week is to read it with a third color highlighter and highlight what you agree with, what you resonate with, or what delights you, what you respond to. And especially pay attention to words that have an initial capital letter as a synonym for higher power. Bill tries to give us many different perspectives, like looking at a diamond, different facets. We just looked at one spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things. Challenge yourself. What the hell does that mean? The realm of spirit. What does that mean? 
creative intelligence. What does that mean? All with initial capital letters. Now, there are some words in this work. that are initial capital letters that may not be synonyms. They may be sarcastic. We'll look at those in a minute. He says, this is all I need to do to commence spiritual growth is to be willing. Are you willing to believe or do you believe? Well, I'm, Certainly, if I don't believe, I'm willing to believe because of step one experience. He takes us again through some logic on page 48, the reasonableness of it. He takes us through the science of it on page 48. Again, logic and salesmanship. On page 49, all-powerful guiding creative intelligence. He's using some of the words, but he's got some new words there. How do you respond to that? How do you resonate with that? Spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation. That's who he's, he's speculating we are. Genesis, the first book in the Hebrew scripture. God made humans in God's image and likeness. That's what he's talking about here. God made humans. God made them in God's image and likeness. God made them male and female. I'm quoting. Profound insight. Some shepherd sitting on a hill watching the flock at night. Wondering like we're wondering about a power other than themselves and writes these wonderful, this wonderful poetry, Genesis. But he says on page 49, we have to lay aside dubious prejudice, lay aside prejudice, the, the path of doubt. On page 50, in, in our personal stories, you will find a wide variation of how each person approaches and conceives of that power greater than themselves, reinforcing this is a very personal tailored journey for you. Don't choose your sponsor's God. Don't choose Herb's God. Create your own concept. You're not creating God. That's silly. You're creating your thoughts, your attributes, your qualities, your description. In fact, part of that assignment seven is to end up asking yourself, what qualities do I need and want God to be? It's a huge question. What qualities and attributes do I need God to be? These are questions, he says on page 50, for each individual to settle for himself. When they have come to believe, notice on page 50, how that resonates with step two itself. 
came to believe, a process. It took me 10 years to realize that my concept of God up to that point was the very impediment to my relationship. Step three is about a relationship. I had never understood nor experienced steps two or three at 10 years of sobriety. And what the impediment was that I was holding on to my traditional knowledge and experience and prejudice about the mystery. But he says, because there has been a revolutionary change in our way of living and thinking, we faced collapse and despair. That's the motivator, step one, a face of total failure of our human resources, unmanageability. We were able to find a new power, peace and happiness and a sense of direction because we got in the flow. This is where that word has come to me so relevantly in the last couple, three years. This is my concept now of reality. This is my concept of God. This is my concept of alignment. Flow with a capital F. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Leaving aside the drink problem, page 51. They show how hundreds of people, this is related to the people in the program at this point, Bill modified the language. Originally in the original first printing, it said 100. The consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. Put a question mark there. Would that be true for you? He uses some historical images to confirm about doubt and agnosticism and old ideas. He talks about fettered by superstition, fettered. It's, an, it's a word that connotes the ankle chain in a Spanish dungeon. What a great image. Our prejudices and old ideas, our closed mind and hearts, is like a ankle bracelet in a Spanish dungeon, keeping us locked down. Columbus, who proved the world wasn't flat. The world was flat. You could not discover the truth that you don't fall off the horizon. That's the difficulty of prejudice. Galileo, who said, the earth revolves around the sun and the church said, if you continue to believe that we'll burn you at the stake. And he said, wow, I, I must've been wrong then. <laughs> Surely I'm wrong, <laughs> you're right. Uh, of course, that was a, his public persona. The realm of the spirit versus the realm of the material. On page 52, we saw the brilliance of the way he articulates unmanageability. This is that spiritual malady. This is that soul sickness that human beings have, that self-centeredness that we reconstruct with steps four through nine. That turning that we commit to in step three and accomplish at the end of step nine a commitment that we say we are willing to turn and at the end of step nine, we discover 
wow, I've been turned. I was willing to turn, but I have been turned. And we learned early on in our journey, a spiritual awakening is a change, a transformation in the way we think and feel and behave. And it's done to us, not by us, but not without us. On page 53, he brings us to the next second step question where I'll end up today. When we became alcoholics, when we became addicts in the middle of that page, crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade. Step one, crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade. Here we are in step two. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else God is nothing. God either is or isn't. What is our choice to be? So I had to look up the word faith and belief and trust. It's relevant here. God either is or God isn't. What is your choice? And he says, or the next paragraph, the first line, arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. And I squarely confronted myself with that question. At 10 years of sobriety, doing the process as I've described to you and giving you those assignments. I said, so what is faith? Arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. At this point in chapter four, confront yourself. What is faith? And I drew a triangle after my experience now with step one, I saw that human beings have three major components. I realized that now at 10 years of sobriety, having completed my step one experience, I have a body that has an allergy but that doesn't make me human. I have a mind that makes me human. And that's part of the addiction problem, obsession. But the real problem of human beings is what Bill said on page 52, selfishness, self-centeredness, page 62, selfishness, self-centeredness is the root of our trouble. And the manifestation of that is the unmanageability as revealed in the bedevilments. And my willpower is what makes me specifically human, but it's specifically deficient in this area. I will do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And that's human nature. That has nothing to do with addiction. And so I drew that triangle with the body. And I'm encouraging you to do that as I'm speaking now, because I think it'll help you unpack what faith is. On the left-hand side of the triangle, right body, and on the baseline of the triangle, right mind, and on the right-hand side, right will. These diagrams are in your way of life document, but I'm not going to take the time to look at them, and I encourage you not to. Stay, stay pay, paying attention to this conversation. So is faith a function of the mind, a logic, and knowledge? Well, by definition, it's not. Anybody who looked up the word sees that, in fact, faith is the acceptance of that for which there is no evidence. 
No evidence. There's no certitude. There's no knowledge connected to faith. They're diametrically opposite. So faith isn't a function of the mind. Is it a function of the body? Emotions and feeling. And if I feel God's present, God's present. And if I don't feel God's present, God's absent. Well, that doesn't even actually make any sense. I mean, intuitively, we, we see the, the lack of logic of that, the lack of the reality of that. Wow, what's left on the triangle? What's left is what Bill asks us on page 47. Are you willing? Oh, that's a decision. And on page 53, what's your choice? Oh, that's a decision of my will. My will is ineffective with regard to my addiction. My will is ineffective with regard to my manageability. Step one. But here in step two, he's inviting us to make a decision, not about addiction and not about manageability. God or no God. What is your choice? And I see that faith is a decision. God is. It's very empty, it's very thin, it's very dark, it's very non-substantial. Faith, it takes courage, Bill says later on. Oh, I understand faith now as a decision. Belief then is my mind's acceptance that that decision is based on reality. My mind says, I need to accept that as true and that's my belief system and then i need to move my feet in that direction i need to move my body as my mind has accepted this decision of my will and that's trust faith is the decision god is Belief is my acceptance that that's real, that, that that is reality. I accept that. I have no proof. I have no feeling. But I accept that as a reasonable decision. And now I'm going to live as if it's true. And you heard that so many times from sponsors and in rooms. As if. Live as if. Move your body as if. Don't pay attention to your mind. Don't pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention to your feet. Acts contrary to your will. It's ancient truth in the spiritual world as well as a new truth in the psychological world. It doesn't matter what you think and it doesn't matter what you know and it doesn't matter how you feel. If you want to change, it does matter what you do. And when you do differently, you will know differently and you will feel differently eventually. Crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We decide God is or God isn't. Bill gives us a, a mystical, really a deep mystical insight here. In the next comment, he says, God is everything or God is nothing. That spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, that's that imminence I talked about earlier. That's what he means by that. There is a life force that is the underbelly, the, the spirit and soul of all life. 
And this is his speculation. You may or may not agree with it. You may or may not adopt it. That's your choice. I'm explaining the big book. Then he says, in the next paragraph, the bridge of reason carried us toward the shore. See, it's got a capital B and a capital R. I think that's where the sarcasm comes in. We've made a God of reason, small g, not the real G, capital G. Then he uses the term new land. Check that out, capital N, capital L. And then down further, he uses reason twice. Again, tongue in cheek, I think. The God of reason, small g, didn't get us to the other side. We've walked far over the bridge, but the bridge wasn't complete. And as the 19th century existentialists framed it, there is a leap of faith here. That leap is that decision. We'll leave it there and comment on the balance of this work uh, next week when we finish that assignment. Hi, Herb. How are you today? Really good. And yourself? I am not well. So. And what's um, that about? Tell me about why you say you're not well. Um, I am sick. And I'm sick. I'm physically sick. All right. All right. But I listened to the message of I was born a sick baby. And so I think I'm taking this sickness through my whole life, even though I'm allergic to trees and grass and air and everything you can think of. And the only way I'll get better, according to the doctors, if I live in a bubble, and that's not, that's not possible. So, well, it's not desirable either. So yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. Okay. All right. So, but you're not here to talk about your physical condition. You're here to talk about your spiritual condition. Exactly. And I see that um, when I talk, I was, I had the courage last time to talk with you. You said I would understand more when I got to step two and I'm at step two and I'm really listening to everybody. And um, I really think with my health and with my addiction to alcohol and food that um, I'm powerless and I haven't found a higher power. I have not God apparently, because I remember when you said, I said, you asked me, what is God to you? And I said, God is everything. And you said, hold that question till we get to step two. And I'm really seeing that God is not everything. That I'm not, I'm not believing it. I want to believe it. I want to believe that God is everything, but I'm not believing God is everything. Well, let's make it a little more specific um, for you. And and this is rhetorical, so you don't need to answer it for us. But I would suggest that you answer it for yourself. And it's part of the final assignment, actually. And that is, write a sentence, God is, and leave it blank. 
but then make a list of what you want and need in this higher power. And you might want to not use the word G-O-D because maybe it has some meaning to you that would prevent you from pursuing it in a healthy way. So I don't know what word that would lead you in there, but if you said I'm powerless, yeah. Then, I perhaps, then perhaps you need a power so that you can say the power with a capital P, do that. The power that I need is, and then underneath that, begin listing some words about qualities and attributes that you need at this particular time in your consciousness. You know, it's interesting, though. I do sponsor people. And I always take them back to I, whenever they ask a question, they'll say, well, thank you. You know, you've helped me a lot. And I always say, it's not from me. It's from God, because I don't. I mean, I, I go to meetings and I hear the steps and I read the big book. But I don't have the power to help them. That's between them and their higher power and for them to not pick up. What is what is the heart of the St. Francis prayer? To give? Um, well, you know, there's, that's a tr almost a trick question, and I don't mean it that way. The word I have in mind is channel. Okay. Be a channel. Right. So, yeah, that's right. You don't have the power, but you have the ability to channel the power. You have some knowledge. And you have some um, experience. Right. And when you're really wanting to help somebody, I would imagine that you had the experience of saying things and sharing things that you hadn't thought about and or had never constructed the words about in your life with that person. That, and they found it very helpful but it didn't come from your logical or emotional thinking. It came out of your combined knowledge and experience in a way that was unique and creative and very helpful at that time. Right. See, I yeah, see it, that. That's, those are the moments of grace. And I interpret that as the movements of the spirit. Right. And one of my sponsors said yesterday, do you realize in the word spirituality, it says ritual? Uh -huh. Okay. And I was like, oh, and then when I hear you talk about meditation and prayer, if you want a spiritual experience, you will do a ritual thing. Spending human human beings that. like ritual. And all that means is that we have some physical and maybe mental and emotional habits ritual that we do to create a moment for ourselves for an experience. That's all that means. My term, my, my mm, approach to and definition of spirituality is relationship. Hmm. A relationship with reality, a relationship with myself and a relationship with other people. And I think that's the way the steps are structured. Steps one through three, a relationship with reality. Steps four through seven, a relationship with myself. Steps seven, excuse me, steps eight, nine, and probably 10 in this context, a relationship with others. 
So spiritual, from my standpoint, spirituality right. is a relationship. But I, and that's why I really liked um, earlier when one of our participants said she loves the term spirit of the universe. The word spirit comes from the Greek spiros, which means breath. So what do you think numbness is? Like um, you go to meditate and there's nothing. Well, wait, what, wait, 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 wait. That's not possible. No, no, that's, that's, that's ontologically impossible. Because your mind thinks and that's its function and it never shuts off. So what you just said is not possible. Really? Because I feel, okay, then maybe my, well, then what I'm, maybe the, what I'm thinking is I'm numb to positive thoughts. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, seriously, because when I'm sick. Seriously. Yes. Because when I'm sick, all I can think of is I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. Yeah. Where is God in this sickness? Where's the positiveness in my life? Where? All I can do is dwell and I'm sick. Again, I'm going to use this analogy. You wear glasses. If those glasses were ground differently, you will see differently. And you really do need a new pair of glasses because your glasses are brown tinted. Therefore, you, you, all you see is the distribution of shit. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, no, you said it. I'm just putting it in less than poetic terms. Yeah, it's um, it's um, self. What do I call that? I'm thinking of self. Well, I don't. I don't want to judge it, and I would hope that you don't. Um, we will analyze it and evaluate it in step four. You see, we're organically being catapulted forward, and that's the nature of this work. What I would recommend to you because I do believe it's a change in attitude that's necessary and that's something that will come from this work, but you can perhaps facilitate it by reading uh, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl, a a Viennese from Vienna, a psychiatrist that was put in Auschwitz in 1945 at the close of the war. He survived to write a book about that. And he said, I can't control whether I'm in prison or not. I can't control the guards or the food or the company or, or the, or the weather or my circumstances. The only thing I can manage is my attitude about it all. And what was the man's man's search for meaning, Viktor Frankl. It's a classic, it's a small book, hundred pages. You read it you know, uh, it, it's a reasonably good and simple read, and but it changed my life. Yeah, because, so, because so I could see that that it was a choice, and that's where free will comes in. You have a choice of a positive attitude or a negative attitude. Yeah, I understand that, but you know, it's really strange when I talk to my sponsees. My attitude changes, and it's all positive. It's all. Sure. God-centered. It's all big you book. Want to help. You want to help. Yeah. yeah. I want to help, but I'm not helping myself. 
Yeah, yeah. And the flight attendant says you put your mask on first before you help other people with their mask, right? Yeah. So that's what, I, you're I, here. that's what you're doing here. I am. But when you first said that or whenever, I would have, my first reaction was do it the opposite, was to help the other person first before I would help myself. Sure. And then I was like, oh, I'm really supposed to take care of me first. That is like foreign. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate this because I really am learning a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, wonderful, healthy discussion. And, and I heard right from the beginning that you were describing you weren't complaining and you weren't fixed in it. You were open to the conversation. And that is, I, from my standpoint, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. In regards to, you know, talking about step two and what I believe, um, I'm, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty happy with what the big book is saying. Um, it, it just really jibes with what I have been raised to believe, you know, and how it jibes with the Bible and things that I've been taught and what I've always believed. And I'm really happy. I love things whenever they um, when a truth here works with a truth there and I don't have to, not that I'm trying to learn anything new, but I, I just like it. It's almost like it's reaffirming things. Um, but then again, like I think the big book was based on, um, you, you know, the Quakers and. No, it was not based on the Quakers. Well, the Oxford group was okay. created by a Lutheran minister. And when mm -hmm. in, 19, in the 20s, 1920s, and when Bill got involved, it was being run by an Episcopal priest or maybe a bishop, bishop even. So it was mm -hmm. very, very, very rooted in the Christian traditions. Where I'm having an issue, though, is that that when you talked about, like, if I if this is what I believe, then why am I not doing uh, what I say I believe? Well, it gave me a little bit of uh you know, I had to justify it. Of course, that's me. I had to. So then I went back to what I read in the, in Romans. And I, I just want to read it to you just briefly here. It's Romans 7, 18. And it says, I have the intention and the urge to do what is right, but no power to carry it out. It's Paul talking about this yeah. to the Romans. Well, and, 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 and I, you know, oh, that's me. And I'm, I, I, mm -hmm. I, when I say I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. I, I yeah. lifted that right out of Paul. Of course, yeah, I know. And that's <laughs> so, so that's how I'm justifying. Oh, look at me. I'm just doing what Paul did. I'm not perfect either. And, but it, it has given me uh, some pause definitely to look at, you know, if this is the relationship I want with this God that I think is so wonderful and perfect and stuff, then why aren't I, you know, committing and doing what I, need to do especially with the quiet time I'm I'm really liking the centering prayer but sometimes I don't get very far into it in my mind is everywhere I, I'm not as committed anyway I'm just I'm okay with it but that did give me a little bit of uh, angst worrying that but I justified it as you saw <laughs> I said oh I'm just 
human. No, no actually, <laughs> it sounds to me like you you didn't quite justify it. That might have been your first reaction. But it sounds like after that, you began to discern. You began to reflect. You began to challenge. And 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 you don't have to come yeah, yeah. to a conclusion, please. And I'm saying this for mm -hmm. you and everybody else. You don't need mm -hmm. to come to a conclusion. I'm attempting mm -hmm. to bring you to the question. The authentic question where you're challenging yourself, yeah. your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions like you're doing. And you just yeah. be prepared to be delivered to a different place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see it. So thank you. Thank you so really good. I really like this assignment and um, I'm doing it for the second time. I've been in the workshop last year and I really um, enjoyed to create a new conception of God. So last year I focused on having a caring, loving, understanding, powerful, all-knowing God. And I decided to act accordingly. And what happened um, during the whole year is that I noticed that um, bad things keep happening to me. Even and and then I start started to ask myself. Um, so if I believe that God is caring, why do all those things keep continuing to happen? Yeah. Um, and then I've heard. Um, I've heard you saying things like um, God, um, how did you say God? Um, God doesn't protect us from anything, but he, uh, help me, but he. Um, supports us in everything. Supports us in everything. And I don't use the word he, by the way. Oh, it's, yeah, God. It. <laughs> um, no, I used to just use the term G-O-D. God. Okay. Protects us from nothing and supports us in everything. It was a line that somebody said in a meeting one time, about, about only two years ago, I heard, and it blew me away. That's a very powerful confrontation. But anyway, go ahead with your, your, your tell, you're telling us your experience here. Yes. Um, anyway, throughout the year, I came to the conclusion that maybe all the bad things are things are bad because we don't have the skills to cope with it. And maybe they happen to us that because um, we need to learn something, we learn to, we need to um, develop the skill for this, to cope with a specific problem. Um, and, but that belief leads to me having an underlying anxiety that, you know, the next lesson might come soon. And every time nothing bad happens and I'm enjoying life, I start to think that it's not going to last long. And where's the next, when is the next lesson um, coming, you know, to teach me? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting perspective um, in the sense that life is a practice and we're learning how to navigate it, to use your, some of your terms, <clears throat> uh, by making mistakes and correcting them. I don't believe that things happen to teach us anything. I do believe that we have opportunities to learn from life as it manifests. But I don't see God creating teaching moments for us. 
my sense is that there's a flow of reality. Now, when you say bad things happen, this is reality. We don't get our own way. We don't have a life of ease and life is not fair. It just is. And that's what I, somebody mentioned earlier about reality with a capital R. This is a huge concept about reality just is what it is. And most of us take it very personally rather than taking an attitude of adjusting to reality, we want reality to adjust to our needs, our wants, our fantasies. And that's how we define good and bad. But it's also the reason why we pray. Really? Why do you pray? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you get away with that. <laughs> um, because I hope for, you know, specific results. Oh, you think God God is going to respond to your prayer? Is that it? God's like Santa Claus. If you're really a good girl and pray big prayers and and be sincere, that you're going to be rewarded. I guess so. Yeah, to some extent. I see. I don't believe it for a minute. Mm. And so then, that's why I asked you the question. I asked myself that some time ago. So why do we pray? We don't pray to change God because God, if God is, God is infinite and can't change. God cannot be present. God cannot be absent. God cannot reward. God cannot punish. Wow. Why do I pray then? Oh, not to change God, but to change me. In the process of prayer, I become more conscious. In the process of prayer, I become more willing. In the process of prayer, I begin to live more realistically. This is Herb's interpretation. Yeah, I think it's, I, I need to rethink it to, to understand it properly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to grasp, yeah. There is, I don't pretend to understand spirituality nor prayer and how it all works. I don't pretend at all um, because I'm also very convinced that there is a healing power in prayer. And I don't know how that works, but I don't believe it's because God decides to heal. Mm-hmm. Because because my my fundamental belief about God is God is unchanging. It cannot because if it could change, it would become something it wasn't. And Bill already had that mystical insight. God is or God isn't, and if God is, God is everything, or there is no God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It reminds me a little bit of the Buddhism thinking yes. like yes. I've, I've got a friend she's she's a buddhist and yes. she doesn't pray she just all her life is just about practicing acceptance of reality bam well see buddhism isn't a religion they actually don't believe in god as i am i'm a dilettante buddhist meaning i studied it but i'm i've, I've i don't practice buddhism and I, I i've never been trained but i've read a lot about it 
it's not a religion because they don't believe in God. Mm. They don't believe in the divine. They believe in consciousness. They believe in the higher self. And the whole point of their meditation practice and their way of life is to become as conscious as possible and as compassionate as a result. Very similar to steps 11 and 12, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I did the, um, the work, the homework where we underlined what we had a hard time with or yeah. didn't want to accept. And boy, I really thought I was past this one. It makes me sick to my stomach to say it out loud, but um, it says, we looked at at page 46, we looked at at many individuals who claim to be godly. And I kind of thought I was, <laughs> kind of thought I was past this one. And it's interesting because in my meditation this morning, I kept getting like movie clips of people. And um, I've had people who were really godly do some really horrible things. Yeah, we see it in headlines all the time. Right. And um, I really want to call that out because I'm sure other people have too. And even though I've had spiritual experiences and I'm having experiences just as we're on the call, I was shocked that that line was the one last night when I underlined it, I was like, oh my God. And I just immediately did the set aside prayer. I was like, maybe the willingness comes from I'm willing to look at this differently. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to trust this God that we're talking about that I don't understand. It just breaks my heart um, wide open. It's all I really know right now. I'm just yeah. being broken wide open. Yeah. And, and what is it that's breaking your heart wide open? What comes to mind, honestly, is the fact that I might be wrong. And the fact that this God that I'm being asked to finally my own God is so expansive that there's room, there's room to breathe and forgiveness and perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's really big. It's like I like a falcon instead of a little hummingbird, you know? It's like I can glide <laughs> instead of <laughs> yeah. um, that's yeah. Yeah. You the falcon is the uh, fastest predator bird in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just be, be prepared to be surprised and stay open on that path. My experience, similar to what you're attempting to describe, is at that emotional level of being cracked open to, to a truth that I had no idea of. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sensing. That's one. Yeah. Just kind of reaffirming that my concept of God, and I love um, your, your concept of God as flow with, you know, the capital F. And um, for me, my higher power over the years, you know, I was a single mom. I went back to school in my 40s. When I got sober, I became a nurse. It was never easy. None of it was ever easy. But my feet kept moving in the right direction. And um, 
miracle after miracle after miracle would happen. So then my mind would believe that there was a God working with me through all of it. So I'm seeing the will and, but if I hadn't done the footwork, and so I, I'm just kind of dealing with your flow and with my footwork. Um, so, you know, that thing, God moves mountains, but you better show up with a shovel <laughs> or I asked God to move a mountain and God handed me a shovel. That's been my experience. It's never been easy. It's set the alarm for 5 a.m. Go to do this, go do that, pick up the sun at school. But the footwork in, in that I found my God and my God was like this version of um, Burgess Meredith and Rocky as Mickey, the trainer who just kept pushing them back in the ring and get back in the ring. <laughs> and then there'd be this safety, you know and I would just keep showing up. And um, so that's all. I'm just kind of in the move my, like you've given me the moving my, what are my feet doing? Yeah. Where are my feet? You know, just like at the meetings, I have sober feet. I go to my meetings. I, so, and, and then, and belief is my mind saying, I'll accept it. Well, I don't know. I can't say it as well as you. You what? I can't say any of this as well I as you. Think wonderfully. You're, because you're, you're exploring it. It's not about articulation. It's about exploring it to have an experience with it. Then it becomes part of you. And if you, because you sound like you've been around the 12 steps for a while. And, yeah. if, you, and if you stand still where you're at right now, pause and look back over your shoulder. How do you explain getting to where you are with such a snail pace? Right. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. oh, that's that's when I go, oh, I can't get here from there, but here I am. Yeah. So what's yeah. the explanation? And that's when I have to say God exists. Right. And I love that we pray for us to get better. And you know what else I just want to throw in? When I first took a pharmacology class, um, you know, at UCLA, I learned that medicine doesn't magically change something in the body. It can only turn off or turn on what the body does anyway. And that kind of blew my mind. And you just said that now. You said about God healing, that it's not necessarily when you're praying that God heals. It's like the medications. They don't necessarily change anything that you can't already do. They can only turn it on or turn it off. So, um, I'll just continue to pray. And that's the serenity prayer too. Like, it's like, grant me the serenity, right? right, right okay, right. so that's it. I'll stop rambling. Thank you. No, you're not rattling. And please <laughs> okay. have confidence that you're having a wonderful experience and you're very articulate. So have confidence and don't short shrift yourself by judging what you're saying and how you're saying it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I answered that question. Um, you know, I believed I was Catholic. You know, growing up, I believed in God. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I thought through all my whole drinking years, which was 43 years, that he was with me. Um, I usually only asked him for help or 
any advice or, or prayed to him or anything when I needed something. You know, I, uh, you know, got in trouble with the police or whatever. Then I'd pray. We call it the foxhole God. Right, right. Otherwise, I didn't, uh, I didn't pray. You know, and I, and I kept, you know, through this question, I kept trying to get the right answer. And, you know, I know there's no right answer. It's just what I feel. I do believe in God. Uh, I believe he wants the best for me. And he's kept me sober now for helped me stay sober for over a year, year and a couple months. And uh, now, as far as am I acting in the way that what I believe um, right now, I'd probably have to say, no, I'm not. Um, I still have some, you know, um, still doing some things, uh, you know, dishonesty and that type stuff uh, and some things that have happened to me re recently in my life. Um, you know, I share with my sponsor on it and, uh, you know, I'm still doing some things that I did when I was drinking. Um, but, you know, I want a, an awakening. I want God to be in my life. I, I want to discover him and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, yeah. I really want that. I do. I want, I want an awakening. Uh, and, and I mean, the evidence of that is you're here and you're sharing about it. And the promise of the book is that you're going to be changed. You're going to be changed. I mean, hear the grace of that. Hear the gift of that. Now, it doesn't mean that because you're on this call and show up every week that you're going to have magic fairy dust sprinkled on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're going to do a hell of a lot of work between yes, yes. the nine step. Yes, yes. But I'm open to it, you know. Well, clearly, here you are. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. Thanks very well, much. Thanks. Thank you. What, what has really stood out for me today and in what you're sharing is the emphasis on, on or uh, God is either everything or God is nothing. And um, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm just really, really grateful. It, it feels uh, like I was thinking about this is something I feel like I knew as a child, you know, like um, there was a way in which even when sort of bad things were happening as a kid or stuff was happening at home or in life or you know there was there was some piece of grace in all this in in life that just i had a there was a knowing sense that that goes beyond like what you were saying is yeah. you can't articulate it but i knew it as a child in a knowing sense because i didn't i was a kid i didn't have anything to be able to say about it but and now coming to know it as a man after many 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 years of you know doing this life and this addictive journey and you know being in all kinds of unmanageability for years and years but now it's it's really great to hear you say it because it feels so emboldening because i feel ready i mean i feel really ready to uh be be more than just acknowledging it but to claim it almost like with every footstep you know like um with stresses at work you know if i'm gonna god if god is everything it means i can lay everything at god's feet you know um like all the little petty things, the the work stresses, the the work internal conflicts, the I mean relational conflicts, just um, 
So I'm really grateful for this. And I've had some glimpses kind of before this call. It's really interesting that you said it in a way that just went zoom in. Um, because I've, I've, it's more than glimpses. I mean, I'm starting to know what a choice it is to say, God is everything, then let's live it like that today. And, you know, take quit, stop my engagement with that neurotic, self-obsessive fear. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's just what I wanted to share with thanks. At, at the same time, it sounds to me like there's going to be a process that's going to happen. Step two is very clear. Once I got through it and had an experience with it and looked back at it, it says came to believe. Mm -hmm. I'm 10 years sober and it really made sense. For the very first time, 10 years sober, I was able to say, oh, it's taken an awful long time to come to the point where I'm really going to be consciously living my life as if it's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, that's why I believe the word uh, flow is a real gift. Mm. You're in that flow. Um, and anyway, we'll talk no. more about that as we move forward. Thank you. I'm absolutely, I was absolutely shocked that with your statement, but knowingly I'm shocked when you said, without power, I inflict damage on myself and others. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just hearing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So um, I wrote that um, I believe that God is all knowing and an infinite being. And he understands us humans. And for some reason, I don't understand. He wants a relationship with us. I don't understand that. Um, I'm unsure why. But I assume it's because God loves us. And I, I, don't, I don't know why he does. I, it, I don't feel worthy of it. I don't feel um, I deserve any of that. But then again, I believe he, he, God made us. Um, and I know he has a plan for me. And when I'm in relationship with him and talking with him, I know that. I know I know about his plan for me. I'm, he's talking. God's talking to me. But um, when I turn from him, all I can feel is confusion and a lost feeling. I can't... Um, I can't find my way back easily to him, to God. Um, and then after doing all of this writing, I asked myself, am I looking for God to do it all for me? And I think I am. I'm, I think it's a very immature um, belief I have or understanding of him. It's, it's, it's bait childish. So, kind of embarrassing to say this, but... No, no I think it's, it's wonderfully reflective. You were doing a very personal meditation reflection in front of us. And it's the kind of reflection that I pray everybody can have as they're 
mulling over these ideas and exploring them. And if something presents itself that is appears to be immature, it's okay to be embarrassed with it, but at the same time to receive it as a gift right. of consciousness. Right. Now, the, yeah. challenge, the challenge I would make to you and to all of the women on the call is to drop the male reference, the he and the him. Okay. Uh, just a challenge to explore and maybe even the men too, but especially the women. Um, obviously the literature from all traditions, mostly all traditions have a male characterization of the divine. And that's because most of it was written by men. But obviously, well, from my standpoint, obvious, there's no gender to God. God created humans in God's image and likeness. God created them male and female. That's the right out of the Genesis. It's a great insight. Uh, there's no gender there. It's pure spirit. But we have a habit a non-reflective habit of referring to him and he in our, and you'll notice that most of the time, most of the time, right. I, I filter out the gender part using either the term God or higher power or even it. Now, when I say it, I mean it with a capital I. <laughs> so that's one, one thought. The other is, um, I, uh, because you've prompted me to make this comment, I would ask, because you asked, why would God create us? I've been doing quite a little bit of work looking at what does love mean, and especially unconditional love. And I came across a word that I looked up in a dictionary that came as close as I've come to nailing it for me, and that is altruism. Look up the word altruism. My dictionary says, doing something for somebody else with no possible benefit for yourself. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. And Herb, when you said God protects us from nothing. I, I, was, I was quoting somebody who said yeah. this, but go ahead. But supports us in everything. How yeah. does he support? How does... God support us. All right. See, that's a great engaged question. Um, and most of the people have a problem with God protects us from nothing. Oh my God, well, why am I praying? Why am I why do I want a relationship? I want to be protected. I want to feel safe. Well, good luck with that one. All right. So your question is about support. support. Think of the phrase that I emphasized in Bill's comment the spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things. Spend some time on that phrase, and that will answer your question. The spirit of the universe. Underlying the totality of things. I believe that answers that question. And we'll talk some more about that next week also, and maybe for several weeks, because this is not... These are not easy conversations to either have or to grasp because we're talking about something that can't be talked about. And we're gonna and we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
for me, I, I, I want to tell you that I'm so confused, Herb. And you about say what? about what is God? And well, to the human race. <laughs> you, you seem so succinct and so such clarity, and I'm envious of that. For me, God changes with, you know, how, which side of the bed I wake up on. No, your emotion changes. God doesn't change, but go ahead. But, okay, my belief in it. No, I your belief a, don't, doesn't change. I, I have a family, right? I have a brother and a sister. Mm -hmm. And my brother is a, the, one of the best men I know. And he's a devout Catholic. He practices what the Catholic faith teaches him. He right. believes. And then I have a sister who's an atheist. Yeah. And, and for me, I always feel like I have to agree with one of them. How's your codependency? Yeah, not that good. <laughs> or really good. Yeah, really good. <laughs> yes. What do you believe? Okay, I, I am willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Okay. And that's what I got. You know, I'm sober 32 years, Herb. For some reason, and I've given lip service, and I know where to find the quotes, which I totally i am comforted by all I have to do is be willing to believe that there's something greater than me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, Herb, in the beginning of the workshop, all those months ago, you asked, what is my primary source of suffering? Mm -hmm. And my primary source of suffering, I believe today to be when I do my will. And I, and I, I, I don't do God's will or what I think God's will is. That's a profound insight. So having said that, yesterday I lied because I didn't like the reality of the situation. Yeah. So I lied. Yeah. And I talked to my sponsor this morning. And I'll tell you, from the moment I told the lie until I talked to my sponsor. And I was miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. And so I know my sponsor said that I... Try something different because this is a pattern in my life. Oh. My binge started with a little lie and yeah. it just escalates. Right. And so I don't want to binge anymore. I don't want to hurt myself anymore, Herb. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway. Um, and that's as good as it gets. I'm going to intentionally try to be honest. Chapter five is entitled How It Works. And yeah. Bill spends several paragraphs talking about rigorous honesty. Yeah. So um, I guess I don't, I don't exactly understand what you were talking about, that flow thing. But I do know that I feel very fluid, let's just say. Yeah. I feel very fluid. And, uh, you know, the idea of God comforts me tremendously. That uh, in the Courage to Change book, 
a couple days ago. That's the Al-Anon book. Right. It was a Victor Hugo quote about when you've done, I'm paraphrasing, when you've done it all the best you can, go to bed and know that God is awake. And <laughs> I, I love that, Herb, that I can rest right. and know that God is awake. Well, I don't, I don't know that I believe it, but but I, I'm comforted by that thought. Well, then, in fact, you must believe it if it has its way with you. It definitely has its, its way. not just words, you see. It has an impact on your experience. Yeah. So at some level, you're really accepting that as the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, this conversation is evidence that you're fluid. Yeah, and vulnerable and open. You're going to have a wonderful experience with this and just show up and do the best you can. You don't have to understand my poetry about flow. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I have words. I got lots of words. <laughs> And I love most of them, even yeah, though sometimes right. they baffle me. Be, pay, be patient with me then. That's great. Thanks very much. I went back to my notes from June where we first had to ask, do I really accept and believe I'm powerless? Do I actually believe there's a power that is there to help me? If I, and then you said, if I can answer these questions, I won't have any trouble sitting every day for meditation, which I still struggle with. Um, the everyday thing. And I think, you know, what's become clear over the last couple of uh, meetings, listening to people and you and the reading is, um, I want to want to believe. That's, that's great. But do I believe? No. And um, today, when you read that, uh, oh, wait, 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 let's, let's, let's just take it by the the responses. So you said, do I believe? And how did you come to that conclusion? Um, well, last week, a lot of people were talking about trust mm -hmm. and the lack of trust. Yep, and that yep. that's absolutely true for me. All right. Um, and on page 46, when Bill says, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, and that's kind of where I live. Great. Right at that juncture, there's possibly an intelligence, but look at the beautiful leaves and the blue sky. There's a possible intelligence, but do I really believe that? I can't say that I do. I want okay. to believe it. How would you know that you're willing to believe? How would you know? Oh, man. <laughs> no, you, you mentioned the word that was the key, so I thought you were going to unlock the door. That I want to? No, that, trust. Oh, trust. Yeah, yeah. What does trust mean? No, wait. What does trust mean? Re re this, you know, releasing my control or my... No, my not really. Well, uh, in a way, yes. That, yes, that, that's true. Yes, I, I can see that connection. But what I have in my mind is that watch your feet. How do your feet move? Hmm. If, in fact, your feet are moving as if you believe, you're in trust. Yeah, and there, and there are not many days. I mean, making my bed is an act of trust some days. 
That's wonderful. I mean, if that's a commitment that you make to yourself and or to your accountability partner and that you do that more often than not, that's exactly right. And then uh, while you're doing that, do you perhaps say a little prayer because you need help? I say, uh, God bless me about 70,000 times a day. Oh, God bless me. God bless me. God bless me. Is it intentional or is it a robotic response like a a Mickey Mouse doll? It's not a Mickey Mouse doll. I, I think it's coming out of that desire to believe. Then in fact, you're, that's trusting even though it's very tepid and remote, yes. that, that is an act of trust. Well, that's good to know because you, there's just, there's a lot of psychological mishigas that I could go into and I'm not because I'm, really, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I wrote down what you say here that faith is not a function of the mind or body. It's a choice. It's a choice. And I keep that's going to be my mantra this week. This is a choice. I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to believe. I mean, I go to church every week. I'm an usher. So clearly something in me must be operating on some level of belief or else I would not bother. You know, why, why do that? Why waste three hours on a Sunday? Um, if I did oh, lots of answers to that, speaking about psychological Michigan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. But, there's there's something there's something that um you know subterranean that, level that and that very that very expression is an expression of hope. I I okay I yeah. okay yeah. Bill says it's the cornerstone. This willingness, which I'm hearing you're expressing, it's halting. It's faltering. It's yeah ambivalent yes but it's there and and i think i've just been raised not to trust in hope like don't get too cozy with the idea that things are going to be okay just don't well well but what is the debt what i understand what you're saying but what does it mean that things are okay oh man yeah yeah it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. It doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want. It doesn't mean that you're going to be comfortable. It doesn't even mean that you're going to survive. That's true. That's and, and, and so many people have this idea, there's a God in heaven and I'm okay. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah. I, and I heard a very confrontive thing, and I may have said it here before, but this context brings me to say it again. And that is, God protects us from nothing. Yeah. And supports us in everything. That is such a huge confrontation. It is. And I think most of the people I know who operate in that first category that you mentioned, you know, God's in heaven and I'm okay. And I have been very skeptical of that all my life. Um, Well, the problem with that is when their child gets hurt or their spouse or partner gets a disease or gets killed or they lose their job or some other human catastrophe falls on them, then in fact, they feel betrayed. Yes. 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 See, there's, there's, there's consequences to our beliefs. Yes. And I guess it's okay. I mean, your story about the guy who took 10 years to get it, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I've given up everything else. There's no, I don't think there's another substance I could pick up at this point that would kill me the way food killed him. But yeah, never know. I was going to say the, 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 the addiction has got a myriad of imaginations. Yeah, it sure does. But no, this so, is. So, so I think, though, that with your openness and your willingness and your diligence of showing up and then doing this work this time, I, I personally believe that you will have a different and uh, sufficient enough experience that will give you a sense of real traction down the road. I don't know when that'll happen. I suspect it's someplace in the fourth and fifth step. Yeah, that would be divine. Yeah. Can you repeat what you said? Literally, by the way. Yeah, right, literally. But I'm bum ching. Um, <laughs> can you repeat what you said about God does not something, but God does not protect us from anything does not protect us from it but supports us in everything okay that's great i'm writing this down i'm gonna yeah, no it's worthy of uh, a meditation or two for a week or a month i agree it's it's, it's got some implications to it it really does okay. it, it startled me the first time i heard it it is startling but as i Unpacked it, I found, oh, I, I believe it's a, a, a tremendously theological truism. Yeah. So have fun with it. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Could you explain why uh, it says God is everything or is he is nothing? Why does it have to be everything? All right. No, that's a wonderful question. It's, I mean, it's totally relevant. Goodness. Because it's, it's at the heart of the discussion that we had yesterday. Yeah. So what is your reflection about higher power God? What, what does it look like? How do you describe its nature? I think I'm one of the lucky ones. I had no history of religion at all coming into 12-step program. Nothing at all. Zero. Right. Zilch. So what, know, kind I mean, of words, I, I, what kind of words did you use? Uh, the, the job description I wrote was was uh, basically something along the lines of having somebody that was what I thought could support me. And I love that. I love I, I, my heart lit up when you described that that reading you said it some weeks ago about what you heard in a meeting that it, that god doesn't protect me from everything but can support me through i mean for me that see that that i mean all the lights and bells and whistles lit up it was just like oh. thank god it was just whoever that was I'm, and yesterday you said it again i thought i want to tell that person wherever he's with thank you so much because i, I never ever it just that is succinct for me. That's what I believe, you know. That's mm -hmm. uh, and so you know, I had this job description of this person that that what that was that was that was that what that was unjudgmental, that was supportive, that was loving, that was strong, that was there. But uh, but with this book, I mean, these pages forty six, forty seven, you know, he's everything or he's nothing, and a, and a, and a, it talks about the creator of the universe and and um, <laughs> spirit of the universe and creative intelligence. I'm going, woo, 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 hang on a minute, I've got to, and, you know, and then it. You uh, don't need it, any of those words. Yeah, great. Yeah, and you don't need even, any that, of those words. Okay. Yeah. No, Bill is throwing a bunch of stuff against the yeah. wall hoping some of it will stick, it will stick. And, and and sort of i do too and some of it did look at you 
Yeah. You, you like the word support. Now, I've never heard anybody else light up. Oh, they've been confronted and they thought it was interesting and they might have thought it was wise, but I've never, yeah. heard, and I've been using it for three years. I've never heard anybody light up like you did. And oh. thought, there you go. And when you say lean in and stuff, I just go, yes, you know, because I, you know, I'm not the car park sort of God, you know, the, the get me out of, you know, like, I mean, yeah, of course, I, that, 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 that hilarious prayer, but I, but you know, like it just, you know, but just the everything, you know, that means he has to be, you know, for me, I, I don't want to think God is COVID for me. I just don't want to think that. I mean, I think it's a byproduct of, of the unit, but I don't, you know, I don't want to think God is running over, you know, what? I don't think, you know, yeah. anyway, so I just, I, I just I want to know, know it's okay. Going. I know where you're going with that. I understand. And you don't need to go there. Okay, great. Okay. Because actually the real question he has is, God is or God isn't, what is your choice? That's the heart of the question. Okay, you, right, thank you. You already answered it in the sense that you hope there is a power that will help you. And one of the major ingredients to the profile is a support power. I know there is a power. I'm abstinent. I know there is a power. Yeah. My, I watch my feet. I watch my life. I see things are happening. I know there is. That's not. Yeah. I know that change that is occurring is not me. So I know there's the power, but I just. But the spirit, the universe, and the whole thing. I'm going. Oh, well, okay, in, cool. In, in the same sense uh, as you quote, know it. I know it, but only in retrospect. As I look back, as you just did over your yeah. shoulder, and you see the evidence. And at least that's our interpretation of the evidence. Somebody else might explain it in a different way. That you and I, we look back and we go, no, that's grace. That's a power other than yeah. that. That's a mystery. I can't really get too concrete with it. But there's the evidence. And at least that's my story about the evidence. Yeah. Everything else Thanks. is philosophy and theology. And it might be interesting. It's just not relevant. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot moving through right now. Um, one thing I wanted to acknowledge was that I just really, I don't have anything to add to it, but I just wanted to acknowledge that I really appreciate a uh, dialogue about the word agency. Cause that's, mm -hmm. cause it's a, I think it's a great word and, and I personally use it, but the way y'all identified it with the, the will was, I just thought was awesome. And so th I really appreciate y'all hearing y'all's conversation about that. Um, yeah. I think that's the central function that makes us human. We're the only sentient reality that we know that has completely free will. You can turn to the right and you can turn to the left without any other force on your own free choice. Now, if you turn right, there will be consequences. If you turn left, there will be consequences. So those are the choices to accept the consequences of your decision. That's agency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I mean, this, what I've, what's been happening for me uh, going through this part of the steps and just with my meditation and with my sobriety recently has been just like this amazing gift of uh, the choice. Uh, of that, of really under 
finally, I think understanding what, where what the self, the willpower really comes into play and that it's really, it's this, the whole thing just comes down to this one moment of just stepping over into the stream and just letting myself get carried away to the next decision. And that's it. That's the whole thing. And that's, man, I wrote so much about all these different ideas about God, all of these ideas about, you know, really things were really firing off for me, but it really like that. One of the things I wrote down today though, was that it's not nearly as complicated as I make. Like that's really kind of, it seems like, like that's it. Like that's where all my conceptions of God exist are just in each moment that I choose to acknowledge it. So that actually, that does bring up something that if I think too much about it, <laughs> I don't think you can help thinking too much. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, you're built uh, that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never been accused of that. Uh, uh, Yes, not knowing what's going on in my present reality around me, I do have that problem off still often, um, which is okay. So that, so understanding that this idea that God only exists in the present, and but existed in the past and future, but I don't, ex I only exist in the present because that's the only thing that's real. So that's the only place God is. You know, so God didn't exist in the past and doesn't exist in the future. There, is, there actually is only the word past, but there's no reality past. Right. Right. And that's. I, I think this is it's getting into that realm. It, you can tell me where. You know, it seems like something I can only feel that or experience that's true. Like I can't. That's the, the and that and and so I'm and trying that's, to why, that's why authentically spiritual people come to a point of the majority of their time in silence. Hmm. I'm definitely not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and in fact, one of my teachers is Thomas Keating. He was a Trappist monk. He died three or four years ago, and. Um, he said, the, the language of God is silence. I, and I love that. That's something to ponder. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think. In, the, in the context of our conversation, it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, well, because I'm a, I, I kind of, or at least I identify myself as being a pretty kind of high, strong, anxious person, okay. um, kind of in a, in so my experience of God, when I know that it exists, is that all of a sudden there's quiet. And that's, that's like, because to me, that's like this amazing miracle <laughs> to all of a sudden have the itty bitty shitty committee <laughs> not, not rattling their voices off. I've never off. heard that before. Oh, really? <laughs> no, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> Some good alliteration there for it. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's uh, it, that's how it is for me is just this like usually a cacophony of all these little tiny voices and also in this workshop something I realized is that if I hear a voice that has words for me that's not God ever be careful with that one 
Yeah, okay. be careful with that one and just be in discernment. And that's sort of a sorting out what's coming from my ego. Okay. That would be the cacophony. Mm -hmm. And what's coming as an intuition. And that would be grace. And that would be the movement of silence into me. Thank you. No, thank you. Wonderful. And you're going to have, uh, have you ever done the steps before? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. So you've done a fourth step inventory? I have, yes. Okay. How long ago? Uh, almost, uh, almost 10 years. Oh, you're going to have a big yeah. experience this time because you're, you're ripe. I can just tell you're so ripe. <laughs> Thanks well, so much. Yeah. Thank you. It's like we're all trying to put into words what is ineffable. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. where I find my, I find, I call it spirit. I but like the term. where I find that is in, is in silence. Yeah. And in meditation. Yeah. And, um, and for me, it's just um, not being separate from. But, but the truth is that I'm part of everything and everything is part of me. Yeah. This is also a very simple concept, but it's also the answer to Bill's statement. God is and God is everything. What you're describing right now is the theory or philosophy or theology behind that. I also think of it as the mystery because yeah. it is. It's, uh, and, it, and, it and is. Again, I love that word ineffable because. Yeah. In all, in, in, in the final fallback position for me is I really don't know, and it's a mystery. Right. And, and anything right. I say really uh, takes away from the mystery. And, you know, I was confused by this whole thing of what Bill was saying about, God. I think it's the word God that maybe confuses me about God is. I prefer not to use the word. Is everything. I, yeah. Yeah. I try to discipline my conversation not to use God um, because there's so much preconceived ideas and even negativity around the word. And um, I right. wrote one of the papers that one of the reflections that you will receive if you haven't already is the question I reflected on it for all of these papers took me six to eight months to write because I get an idea and then I, I allow it to percolate. Uh, and one of them is, is God necessary? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But then you, that's where God is, whether, it's, whether he's necessary or not. It just is. You know? that's, that's how I feel. That's the, that's the bottom line. Reality just is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But and I can, I, can, I can get closer to actually living there when I'm in meditation. And the whole because point I can just of meditation, yes, and the whole point of meditation is that improving our conscious contact 
And how does it end? Praying for the knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. Exactly. I need to know better in order to do better, but even knowing better, I don't do better. So I need help with that. Right. Although to me, that sounds a little bit like um, I have a little trouble with that because it sounds like a value judgment almost. Meaning, meaning what? Um, it was a value judgment. Yeah. Um, because I think I, I think my problem is that I have trouble looking at myself and even the words like defects of character, mm -hmm. it to me it's like because I, I beat myself up on my own so much sure. that you know and and I don't I, I guess it's judgment the judgment that well, it depends on how you use the term judgment. If it's an evaluation, it's a good thing. If it's a condemnation, it's not healthy. Right. Yeah. So I have, yeah, so I have it in my background that it is a, it's a bad thing. And, and many, many, many people have been abused emotionally and verbally and are very sensitive to all of this. And I agree. You, thank, thank you so much. Yeah. And tonight we'll close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. That's what we're in pursuit of here is wisdom. One half of the coin. The other half is compassion. Those are the two Buddhist principles, very much like our two principles, steps 11 and 12. A spiritual coin, two sides. You'll hear that often from me. It's my favorite image. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>